Cherries and Mad Knives. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. There's nothing much I love better than hanging in on a Friday night, relaxing, getting all cozy, with a cup of bourbon, eggnog, and a little bit of Articulate with Steve McJones. Ladies and gentlemen, Manny Brown and Tyler Wolf. <laughs> but yeah, so I started, uh, yeah, six months ago, basically, um, doing, like I said, I've always been kind of into it, but I've been doing this for like two-ish years, and so before then, like, that's the reason you were asking, like, are you just not going to hear my voice? It's, uh, like... You the, don't want it to hear Yeah, it. it's, <laughs> basically... You edit it out. Um, and it's a podcast with Steve, and you never hear Steve's voice. Never, never. <laughs> Gotta create that build-up. Yeah. People just listen so they can hear People it. are like, maybe yeah. this will be the episode. Maybe he'll come in on this. <laughs> Uh, no, nah, but it's more about like the people, I, again, you know, I'm not doing this for like, you know, any, I'm not trying to make money off of this or like become big off the podcast. It's more of like a, like a scrapbook type of thing, you know yeah, what I mean yeah. for me? So yeah. it's like, you just like doing it. It yeah. is. It's kind of like, um, I, I think it was Judd Apatow pre podcast, but he was essentially doing it. He pretended that he was a part of a radio station, right? Wasn't it? All pretend? Yeah, no, he... he so like basically recorded. you can just use your podcast as an, as an excuse I to like talk to people doing you that. want to talk to. I about. was just too afraid to reach out to... Like when I first started comedy, I was like, man, I should start a podcast where I just interview I think, like, but that's what I'm saying. I bet you could. I bet both of you could. Absolutely. You, you could like reach out to you someone. You think it's weird. Be like, hey, Joe List, I, I do this podcast. Would you want to be on it? And he'd be like, oh, yeah, sure. Like, Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just want to talk to like and local exactly, people. And then you just I was, just, talked I, I was yeah. like afraid to like talk to like local people. But now that I think about it, like Podcasts are the new way to make, instead of asking someone to just hang out. Right. Yeah. Friends, you want to be on my podcast. You want to be on my podcast, then you hang out and it's like, oh, that was actually fun. And you should you do that again. It. I'm glad you guys said Why it. would a comic <laughs> say no to that? Like, if they have, you know what I mean? Like, comics love to hear them to just talk see. and just like think about shit and try to be funny or, or even not. So yeah. I'm like, that's, I can't imagine a comic saying no, even though sometimes it is awkward asking people to be on. Yeah, yeah, but it's but it's way more awkward to ask someone to just hang out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to just let me just start a podcast? (laughs) (laughs) It's not recording again. Yeah, exactly. Just hanging out. Yeah, seriously. Again, this is this is like that's not plugged in. You know, we're (laughs) that's why we started a show together. We just want to hang out, but we're too scared to ask each other. (laughs) Right. We're just like, let's just start this production because I would so that we have excuses to be friends. Yeah, exactly. Uh, But yeah, so I mean, basically, the reason I've been doing this for two years, not talking about comedy and then come here and start hanging out with comics and in yeah. you know, the first two like I had Everton on uh, nice. Johnson and we just were talking about like being early in the game and then I had uh, you basically like started at the same time right right <clears throat> and the same with uh with George Miller uh he like came on and we just talked about bombing the entire time <laughs> well and like how to handle bombing and like coping with <laughs> coping yeah. with yeah, it really with it. um but yeah and then so other people I've had on I try to like I mean, I had a caution. We talked about like stand up and philosophy a little bit because that's how we like you know started our relationship. But Brittany Anderson, were you like a philosophy major or no? But I just get really into it. Gotcha. I enjoy it a lot. And I had Brittany Anderson on, and she was just like, I was like, yeah, can we talk about anything other than comedy? So we just talked about uh, like the simulation theory and things like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and fun I, stuff. I mean, yeah, you can talk about anything with comics because they'll make it enjoyable. Right. So, like, yeah. 
But the first time that I met you guys, like Tyler, I met you at South House one time, and I yeah, I had seen you do your pooping pants set, and you said you'd only did that. One oh, that's time. right. Yeah, you came up to me. You were like, you came up to me, and you're like, yo, I love that set. You we need, need more context. It yeah. just sounds like Tyler. I saw you shit your pants at South House. That was great. Exactly. Um, no, you came up to me to say you really liked that set, and I was like, oh, I was just talking about what happened that morning, and I've never told that story since. You were like, oh, I thought it was really good. I was like, ah, oh, I guess I'll listen to it. Yeah, no, I could tell because nobody else in the room was laughing, and I could tell you were never going to do that stuff ever again. Okay. And you can edit that part out, right? <laughs> what, what is this? I, I don't... It was at Two Street, and... Did you shit um, your pants? No, no, no. I was talking about shitting your pants as an adult, and how that is... You, like, go through the same stages of... Um, what is it after someone dies? Grieving. <laughs> yeah, the same stage. Yeah, the first is denial. You're like, there's no way I had to shit my pants, right? And then it's accepting. Like, I guess I shit my pants. <laughs> Why isn't this on every show you do? This yeah. is this. That's is, what I'm saying. Amazing. It's amazing. No, yeah. this is this is really. Maybe good. I will. Maybe I'll bring it back. Bring it back. <laughs> but but it was also about. So this happened in quarantine. Uh, I was working from home. I was. I actually remember it very vividly. I was over the stove. I was over the stove making food. This probably hasn't happened to me since I was like four years old. And I farted, and I was like, that felt like more than a fart. <laughs> and then I went upstairs and like literally went into the bathroom. And I was like, well, these are trash now, and I need to shower. Oh my god, I love how you shit. And your oh, pants. oh, and it was about how like I was very thankful that. I was working from home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As if, yeah, so this is just, yeah. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. You, I like brought that up and you're like, oh, I've never listened. Like I record every set and listen to most everyone, but I've not gone back and listened. Yeah, I don't listen to them as frequently as I did when I was newer. Right. And like I'd listen to every set, yeah. but uh, I, I want to get better at it because well, I think it's like helpful to hear yourself. Oh my God, that story is great. Sorry. It is a great story, but that's kind of how I'll I... do it. I'll do it tonight. You'll shit your pants yeah. tonight? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I'll, do it. I'll, I'll fart right yeah. now. I'm actually going <laughs> to... I'm going to get a quick comedy. I'm just going to try to get really good at shitting my pants. Get like tactical, efficient with it. Exactly. And I was, I was, I wasn't even wearing pants too. I was just in my boxers, like making lunch, and I was just like, "Huh, that felt." Oh man, dirty. That felt different. That felt different. Yeah. But then, but then there is denial. You're like, "There's no way." I just that was just a wet fart. There's no way I just shit my pants. For sure. And I like kept making it. I was like. Huh, that's doesn't feel right. Have you ever done it when you're like in front of your friends and you're like laughing about the fart and then immediately when you realize it, like the face, you're just like, shit. Yeah. Like it just, yeah. No, I've never shot no, my I've pants never in shot front my of my, pants well, except just now, but besides that. Um, that happened to me. I, I asked like a very specific example. You guys know when this happens, right? All right. So the question right now that we're talking about is when you, how many times have you shot your pants in front of other people? Oh my God. Zero. Oh, well, I mean, if you're going back to a kid, actually a similar story was I was like probably four or five years old and I was in the well, back seat. I don't know if that counts, but go ahead. All right, you no, no, no. Well, I was, well, I wasn't wearing diapers. trained to yeah. count. Yeah. You were trained not to I do wasn't that. wearing diapers, and here's mm. how I know is because the way my mom tells the story is I'm, I was in the third row because my brother and his friend, so I guess this is in front of people. Mm-hmm. My brother and his friend are in the middle seat, and I'm in the back seat, and I just start crying. And my mom's like, Tyler, what's wrong? And I said, I'm just so sorry, mom. Like, I let her down. She's like, what happened? I go, 
I thought it was just a fart. <laughs> it was more. So it was um, it was very similar from being a five year old and being a twenty eight year old. Similar yeah, experience. Very very similar. I and you had to go to the closet. Yeah, I called my mom and yeah. I apologized. I'm like, I, I'm a failure. <laughs> was, I let you down. I thought it was just a. Fart. You trained me, and I I, it, I never stuck. Yeah. Well, and I want to get back to Manny pooping his pants. Actually. Yeah. So yeah. You this, said in front of people. See, yeah, that's so more this, embarrassing. This was uh, well, it was in front of my best friend, and I don't know if he knew, okay. but I was like on. Oh. I was on the playground and like I was like, you know, we fart in front of each other all the time. I mean, we still do. It's hilarious. I mean, it's just the funny. That's all we do. This so, is like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. This, so this was during the quarantine, and uh, I was no, I uh, I was. This was probably in like fifth grade. That I remember vividly. I'm sure there were other times, but yeah, I was like <laughs> laughing and I should. I like farted. And then, and then I, you know, you're laughing, and then all of a sudden you're like, ooh, no, that's Oof. not what... Uh, this was in school? Yeah, this was like on the playground. Oh, jeez. Which I'm wondering how I Were got... you, I was about to say, because there's a certain age at which you stop bringing in, like, a spare set, like, parents have to send in an extra set of clothing with their kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember in, in, in elementary school, like, if someone shit their pants, because this, this was apparently an epidemic, um, <laughs> they used to have, like, you would, you could tell because they would come back from, like, the nurse's office with, like orange sweatpants uh, like they clearly they did not or did not bring to school because I, I don't know if you guys have this but like, it's like prison had, sweatpants yeah, yeah, they, they <laughs> just had, to let everyone know they yeah, did something they, bad yeah, exactly but I remember like some guy shit his pants when I was in elementary school and like they came back with like bright orange sweatpants yeah. that clearly they did not come to school with so that's how you knew that's also that's just, incentive to not shit your pants again exactly. because it's bright orange it's, and, oh, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah everybody go <laughs> No, and no, like in that moment, like you're like, I gotta hold it the rest of the day. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, orange yeah, yeah. and yeah, it'll yeah, yeah. be very Everyone I haven't visual. <laughs> and I'm wearing these ugly sweatpants. It'll match the shit. Like, it's impossible to yeah. match with that. But you get to wear the comfy sweatpants for the rest of the day. Yeah, you know what I mean? Do they let you keep them at least? I don't know. Probably not. I don't yeah, know. I wonder who the those. sweatpants are. Well, they're probably yeah. like lost and found pants or something <laughs> like that. You wear the, they give you like tidy whities <laughs> I just have like a fresh pack for every kid. Who's just like, oh, we go through like eight of these a week. There's yeah. so many kids. I actually, I don't remember specifically pooping my pants in front of everybody, but I remember this one time where I was like, I was like, I knew it was coming and I was like going to the bathroom and I, I almost made it, but it landed in my underwear as I was like oh, pulling yeah, my yeah, pants yeah. down. And it was like, well, <laughs> at least it's not caked up in there. You know what I mean? It was, yeah, you know. but you, you still shoot your pants. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, I want to talk about shitting your pants the entire hour. The that's the new, that's the, that's the direction your podcast is going. Exactly. I think it's hilarious. I hate when comics act like they're too good to talk about shitting and farting. I, I, it's, I think it's funny all the time. <laughs> well, so, I mean, uh, I guess we can get into that a little bit. I actually uh, did a lot of when I first started. I think a lot of comics start with that is like shit jokes shit, and like porn. Sex, yeah, sex. race. Race. I have not done. Well, actually, no, that's not true. I did a lot of race too. Um, but I was going to ask, like, so, I mean, I talked to a couple people about it and they were saying, he, he was like, this one guy specifically was like, yo, like, I've heard some of the jokes you do, they're just like shit and like porn jokes. And I can tell you when you're doing that, you're alienating like. 90% of the audience that you probably want to right, get. Right, but when you're starting, you don't know how to make your own experiences funny. Okay. Unless so, you are you start when you're 32. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually don't do a lot of... Sh- I don't have any shitting or farting jokes, but I still... You think- talk about it offstage a lot. I, yeah, every... Yeah, I'm just constantly shitting my pants, so what else am I going to do? I've heard about? you... I've heard you get up on that soapbox of like, shitting and farting is funny multiple times. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. yeah, I think it's funny and I think it's hilarious, because it. but I don't talk about it on stage, but I think I want to get better and then bring it in 
like I have, Leave the I, shit I have in. more skill, so I oh, can yeah. talk about it in an interesting way, as opposed to like just, I, you know what I mean? Like I don't. I have, just I have lots of bits. Different. We've talked about this before. Of like when we're better, we think we'll be able to pull it off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So right now it's just in the notes, yeah, and yeah, it'll yeah. stay there for oh, a couple got, of years. I've got pages and pages of fucking. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> uh, but cool. Yeah, I. So like, kind of going along with that, are there any? How did you get? We'll start with uh, Manny because your last name starts with a B, and I thought about this. Yeah, <laughs> like, how did you kind of like get into? You were it? like, all right, how am I going to organize these questions? <laughs> Two guests on a podcast—it's it's insane. First but come, yeah. first serve—that's anarchy. <laughs> last Off a race? Nah, I gotta recover from the Hitler thing. Uh, <laughs> can't do that. We'll do last name. Yeah. Last name—that works. That's the most neutral way to do it, I would say. All right, cool. Uh, but yeah, so like, when did you decide that you were gonna be a comic, and like, what made you do that? Um, I always loved stand-up comedy, and so, uh, it's something that I would watch all the time, and like, you know, listen to freaking Eddie Murphy and Dave Chappelle, all that stuff. Uh, this is like... Like, this was like, this was like, remember, do you remember, are you old enough to remember LimeWire? I, I yeah. Old, old. yeah. You were probably like an infant when this came out. I was like 12. Yeah. But, uh, I was like lower middle class, so we had LimeWire a little too long, so it just kind of, <laughs> so you're you're still, you're, you're still yeah, you're still down That's like what your podcast is. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big following on LimeWire. Or do you guys remember Kaza? No, or that's, that's Okay, that's, that, I'm a little too old. Okay, I'm really dating myself now. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, so we used to play it on fucking, trying to think of an old records. That's, anyway, A-Tracks. Um, uh, <laughs> Anything you guys remember vinyl? When you were around when that came out? <laughs> the it was all the rage. I was going to say the phonograph. I don't, is that a thing? What the fuck it's is that? I was going to say, you guys have you heard uh, instruments before? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like I remember like we would download music everyone would download music and i would download music on limewire but i would also like download comedy specials and i don't no one told me to but i would download like download like chris rock and dave Chappelle and seinfeld and all this stuff and i just got really into comedy and thought it was fucking amazing and so uh kind of fast forward i've always watched it and then i think when i was turning 30 i was just like you know what i really want to try this thing out yeah. and i feel like I could do it. Actually, that's not true. I felt like I could... My goal was just to do it mm-hmm. and to survive. Like, you know, that was like the bucket list. was like to get up on stage for five minutes and yeah. survive it. Um, just at least once, right? Just at least once, yeah. Right. I think, like, before that, I had been writing um, these, like, satirical articles online. Oh, really? Um, yeah. For what? Was... Just on medium like, like just, just to fucking do it and because um, I really needed like an outlet from my job and uh, I wanted to express myself and the only way I could figure out how to do it was to be very sarcastic and very funny kind of like The Onion <clears throat> and they did really well and so that kind of really gave nice. me confidence yeah I remember have like, you gone back and read them yeah I think they're still pretty good <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was okay. like yeah, it was, yeah. like I and I took I was like oh shit I could ex- it was a way to express myself and like get my humor out there it was re- and a lot of it had to do with like social issues and like stuff that was happening going on and and hmm. me wanting to express myself about that but like the only way I could figure out how to do it was like being very sarcastic and just making it funny and it's just I, I don't know I'm just wired to be like that so yeah. that gave me a shitload of confidence when I would do that and I was yeah. like ah, even if things aren't going well at work or wherever I'm like I have these like I don't know so I like yeah. that feeling and so that was probably when I was like 20 from like 27 to like 30 and then oh. I was like um you know with comedy I still wanted to do it and it was just in my mind that I wanted to do it one day how frequently were you putting out the articles uh at one point, it was probably like 
once a month or so, maybe twice a month, and it kind of waned a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I had someone that went did pretty well. Like my first one did pretty well. I think it got like. 50,000 reads or what? something. Yeah, Dang. it was crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. Or something, or 25,000, something. It was, it was well, like, in the It thousands. had a five yeah. and there was zero. I was like, holy shit. And I, but I knew, but I had this thought, the same thought I have now, where you think of something in the shower and you're like, yo, that's a funny concept. I like, need to I, put that out there. I know that's funny. And right. like, I remember just like sitting down and like taking a couple hours and just really like crafting it and like writing it. And I didn't realize it then, but I was like working on writing jokes. Mm-hmm. Like, and so I was like building that muscle. And so... Um, I was like, okay, so that gave me enough confidence to like go to do a class at like Helium, oh, nice. um, and uh, shout out to Chip Chantry, and right. uh, and yeah, from there, like you know, I, I I was terrified to do it, so I needed a class to kind of push me to get on stage, and mm-hmm. then once I got on stage, uh, I was able to kind of keep working on that joke writing muscle, and yeah. Uh, and then I just became obsessed. Like, as soon as someone laughed, I was like, okay, well, I'm doing this forever. forever. Yeah, so this is not not yeah. happening. Right. Um, so, I mean, who knows? Things could change and I could get into something else. I don't know. But as of right now, like, I'm, I love comedy. And, like, yeah. I'm yeah. And so, I mean, I, this is what I was going to say uh, earlier was that, like, so I talked to Tyler about this shit set. But, that, like, right after that, I was like. We had, like, a pretty long conversation. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, it wasn't just about the shit the entire time. <laughs> I just love those things. No, no. He asked me a lot of advice on how I went about shitting my pants. Yeah. He was like, how can I get better at this? When do you call your mom? How long do you wait? <laughs> Do you keep it in there just to like feel embarrassed a little bit? You know, feel shame the, yourself. Shame yourself. Exactly. <laughs> Sit in the corner. Right. <laughs> Sit on I put, it. Did I wear the orange sweatpants after or while it was still in? Did, did you order them from Amazon Prime now? Yeah, Do you I forgot. Have a spare set. Yeah. Handy. Did you know it was gonna happen? Right. Um, oh, but but after that though, like we did talk about like starting comedy, and you know Tyler gave me a lot of good advice, just kind of about. You know, like, every comic, when you, at least when you're starting out, you're like, yo, so, like, I asked for advice from everybody. He's like, oh, just fucking do it. And Tyler was the only one that I thought you were going to say that's what I said. I was like, that was a good advice. Like, I did not say that. (laughs) (laughs) No, but Tyler actually was just like, I mean, you gave me, like, a Kobe quote, dude. You threw that in there. Really? Yeah, you were just like how he practices, like, every single day, like, four times a day, and you're already... So, and then, like, about hitting multiple mics at one night. So, that's why I figured it would be a good thing to talk about with you. And then, Manny, uh, we only had that one time at, like, Ray's Happy Birthday Bar, really. But uh, that conversation, you were, you know, I could tell you were just able to nerd out about it a lot. Oh, I love it. Yeah, so. And I think that's why we connect, because we can just nerd out, nerd out on it. Like, he's talking about Judd Apatow interviewing people. Like, of course I know that story. I don't have to, he doesn't have to, like, explain how he knows that. I just know he read it. It's probably the same place I read it. You guys in a master class? <laughs> I, I, st- I take it every every time they put it out. I, it's a running subscription. <laughs> um, it's the same info every time. But Absolutely. Well, so Tyler, so then how did, like, I guess how did you start? I know you said your brother, did he start before you? No, we started at the same time. But, like, going back, same as Manny, like, I grew up just, both of my parents really love comedy. My mom loves stand-up in particular, and my dad, I was exposed to, like, the first special I ever remember watching was it might have even been a VHS, maybe it was a DVD, but like every Friday we went to Talking a video store. Yeah. <laughs> every Friday my family went to a video store and we would all get to pick out one thing. So like for us it was normally like whatever Disney movie had come out or something like that. But right. or or we were huge like Mel Brooks fans because our cousins oh, yeah. are a little bit older and they showed us that that when we were way too young. Merchandising. <laughs> but the first special I, I ever remember watching and I was like sitting at the foot of my mom's bed and uh, it was Ellen DeGeneres, um, one of her early HBO specials. 
And then my mom was also like a huge Lewis Black fan. Uh, my dad like showed us like the Ali G show when we were like like probably middle school. Like I might have been like eleven years old. Yeah. Um, so I was always just like consuming comedy, and that's where I kind of just like gravitated towards in life and in the classroom of just like making people laugh. That's where I saw like value essentially. And um, in the so classroom, it, you said. Yeah, yeah, like, always trying to... Fuck like, around with the teachers and, yeah. <laughs> I did in third grade, like, yeah, in third grade, um, I got in one of, like, in a Christmas stocking, I got one of those, like, handshake things where when you shake someone's hand, it shocks them. <laughs> and so we had to shake our teacher's hand every day on the way out, and so I started, like, bringing it in, and, like, every couple weeks, so she would never expect it, I would, like, shake her hand and shock her, and she would, like, freak out, and everyone else would, like, laugh at it. Um, I'm pretty sure you can get in like serious trouble for that now. <laughs> yeah, probably. Fine. But uh, <laughs> I remember one time she like actually tried to grab me, and I we were right by the stairs, and I like I remember it was probably like four stairs, but in my third grade brain, I thought I like jumped down a whole staircase, like landed, <laughs> and like sprinted to make it to the bus, <laughs> so yeah. she couldn't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just always about like trying to trying to make kids laugh, and um, so then you always knew that you like kind of wanted to do it, or oh like, yeah, and because my parents were always like watching comedy, I just like consumed so much of it, so. Like, then getting into middle school and high school, like, my friends were also big comedy fans, so we were just, like, whatever was... I mean, I, I remember at that time, it was, like, mostly, like, HBO stuff. Like, Tracy Morgan had, like, a special that we would just, like, have on repeat and just, like, watch it and watch it and watch it. Um, and then, personally, I my dad got cable, and so we had access to Comedy Central. And so this was when, like, the 30-minute specials were huge. Mm -hmm. And so it would just be, like, sit down on the couch on a Saturday and watch like eight of them in a row. And then iTunes got big when I was probably like ninth, 10th grade. Oh, and so nice. I just started buying them on iTunes. Like I remember watching like Jim Gaffigan has one from like 98. Uh, Mitch Hedberg has like his. And so there's all of these like really Nick Swardson. That was the first, probably oh, one of the yeah. first ones I ever watched. <laughs> so and funny. I was like, holy so shit. This, this guy seems like at the time, I think his came out when he was 19. So I, yeah, if he... I was 14, I was like, he doesn't even seem that much older than me. I mean, like, I watched it way later. Right. Than, like, but I was just like, he doesn't even seem that much older than me. He's still kind of like a child, and he's just, like, having fun up there. Mm -hmm. And so I just, like, ran through those Comedy Central ones of, like, either buying them. I probably still have them if I were to, like, log into my iTunes account, like, have access to them <laughs> somehow. Yeah. Um, and then always knew I wanted to do it. My friends and I would actually, like, sit down and write jokes together in high school. Like, no, none of us had any intention of doing it, but we would just be, like, essentially, like, breaking it down. Like, what's funny about when the teacher calls on you and you don't know the answer to it or like what are the strategies you use really? to not get called on. So we would like write, essentially try to construct jokes and like nice. make uh -huh. each other laugh. And then there was a coffee house at the end of senior year and they signed me up for it. Uh, and um, They signed me up. No, they did. They did. And then they're like, oh, we put you on the list. So then I had to, I think it was maybe like a week before you had to like put your name down. So then I'm a huge procrastinator. So like, after school, I went home and like kind of compiled some of our ideas and picked the ones that I liked. And mm -hmm. so that was the first time I ever did it. it was like the end of senior year and then did it like a handful of times, like could probably count on my hands and toes, like through college. Mm -hmm. And I always knew, like even back then I was like, oh, this is what I would want to do with my life. Yeah. Uh, and then so like basically after graduating college, it was like six months later. And basically the thought that I had was like, okay, this is something that I want to do. At that point, I'd already read all the books and, like, listened to all the podcasts and, like, felt like I had an understanding of, like, how do you... And kind of, like, interviewed people and, like, emailed them or messaged them or, or met up with them and just, like, how do you how do you do this? Um, or what strategies, not just to do it, but to actually get good and then make it a career. And so 
uh, starting in like the, it was like it was it was one of those like here's my New Year's resolution heading into 2017. <laughs> uh, but the New Year's resolution was essentially what I said to myself in my in my head. I might have even written it down. Was like I have to stop being a bitch and like actually go do it. Right. Um, so then I like actually pretty quickly like started like trying to do it every single night. Yeah. So I mean, talking to I mean, it sounds like you asked around like a few places. Like, what was you know, I guess for both of you, like, what was the biggest, before you started doing it, like, the advice that really helped you once you started? Was it just starting that really, like, took over? Um, or was there something that you heard before that kind of helped you uh, work through it a little bit? Um, I think, um, I was, I would just read a bunch of stuff online, really. Like, I would just, like, be obsessed with Googling, like, how to be a stand-up comedian. Um, I'm not sure if I read any books on it at the time, but, you know, you're just trying to look through, like, Reddit threads and just trying to figure (laughs) out, like, what is this world like? At the time, I was, like, listening to some podcast already Mm -hmm. uh, where I would hear, like, comedians talk, and I was just like, oh, man, I really want to, like, get into that world, and I would just try to hear what they're saying about it, and uh, I remember, like... When I was in high school, um, the, on HBO, Talking Funny came out. Yeah, it was special yeah. with like it's Jerry Seinfeld, so Chris Rock, Louie, and uh, Ricky Gervais, and it's, and uh, that was like precursor to what a podcast was for people. Like you could hear, like the fact that I could hear like my comedic heroes like just talk about the process of stand up, like yeah. for for an hour, blew my mind. Right. And so what I realized um, now that we have these podcasts, like it's an amazing wealth of resource, like this resource where you can go and you can listen to people doing what you want to do, just talk about what they're doing. And it's like it's like that talking funny special, but just on steroids. And so I just. Right would listen to a shitload of podcasts and I was like, man, I really want to like get into that world. And, uh, but I knew, like, I remember I almost signed up for a, uh, a healing, a class at healing. Cause I've been thinking about this for like, I would say the first time I thought about it, I was 24 in like 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought about like, man, I should just go to helium and like try this out. Yeah. Um, but like, and I actually sat down and wrote jokes like I got my laptop out. I was just like, like writing jokes. I actually went back. They're not horrible. I mean, I would change things for sure, yeah. but but they weren't horrible. Like it wasn't like, you know, I, I I could make some of those ideas work. I think, but um, but then I you know I bitched out of course, and then like five years later, I was like, man, I think I'm really gonna take a class, and I didn't tell anyone. Like not even my wife. Like no one. <laughs> new because you know you don't want to say anything about it because you're it's it's an it's kind of embarrassing to be like yeah i think i'm funny you know yeah. like, let, me, let me try this but anyway i bitched out <laughs> you didn't even take the class no i didn't take the class no 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 this was in september of 2018 i bitched out i didn't take the class like ah, i'm busy with work i just made up all these yeah, excuses yeah. like i i can't like you know but i was writing jokes preparing for that class too so that's when i started in my phone writing jokes right i actually have a joke you know the joke boxing that i do like that started then like that's when i first thought of that idea um was when i was like trying to like uh it was a year before you ever was a year before i actually yeah yeah, like like nine months or so before i actually started doing it and like i didn't realize how to to properly construct the joke until i started doing stand-up but i had the idea a few months later uh like nine months earlier but anyway so like that's september of 2018 and then uh i'm like ah, i can't do it and this is kind of embarrassing but then uh my wife got me on uh watching the marvelous mrs Maisel. yeah and yeah. uh she was like she was like look I, i've been watching this show and i just i remember her telling me like right around the time i was thinking about doing the class she's like i started had watching, you not told her again? i had not yeah, told her yeah. no and she was like i'm watching this show and she told me the synopsis of it and what it's about 
And she's like, and I, and I feel guilty watching it without you because I really feel like you'll like this. Mm. It is, and, it's a good show. And yeah. I was like, holy fuck. Like, that's so, like, and in my head, I'm like, fuck, did she know that I was thinking about doing stand-up? Yeah. Um, but it was kind of cool. Anyway, I watched the show. I, I mean, season one was, was I still like the show, but season one was fantastic. Yeah. And I think things like that were like, all right, just stop being a bitch. Just try it. Right. So, we had that same thing of like, yeah. you keep saying in your head you yeah. want to. And then not. I, yeah, exactly. And so I turned 30 in January and then I, made a few more excuses and then by June of 2019 I was like alright I, t- I took the class I told my wife literally the I already signed up for the class <laughs> did not tell her and then like you're like, like shaking you, you sit her down she's like oh my god did you sleep with someone you're yeah. like I signed up for a comedy yeah, class yeah yeah yeah, yeah. exactly like, oh, well, I was like dude what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you like took two showers I actually had a joke that. about yeah. that like in my first comedy set like that she'd prefer that I sleep, uh, sleep with someone then do comedy but anyway um so, so I didn't tell her until, so let's say the class started at 6 p.m. I didn't tell her until like noon. I was like, hey, by the way, I'm coming home late. I had this, like, <laughs> I like text, I texted her. I didn't even call. I texted like a bitch and I was like, like yes, yeah, so I had this, uh, this, this comedy class. I know it's weird, but I decided to do it. And she was like, uh, okay. And then Ooh. I talked to her when I came home and she was like, so you didn't tell me just because you were scared to tell me until you were embarrassed. I was like, yeah, like, there's no way you signed up for this. Six yeah, you didn't just before. sign up. But she was, I mean, she was cool. She was like, hey, dude, she's very cool. She's just like, live your life. But she's like, she always like, it's kind of weird, but yeah. you know, yeah. Do, do what you got to do. So yeah. anyway, right. so that, if she looked it up. She's like, you signed up for a 10 week class the morning of, there's <laughs> yeah. no way that that happened. Yeah, no, it was, uh. Well, and so, yeah, so that's, what, what I kind of wanted to go off of that was how you had an idea and then you didn't even have the idea of, like, how to construct the joke until later. Yeah. Um, so this is where I kind of want to get nerdy with you guys. So, like, how do oh, you, man. yeah, how do you now, with an idea, an original idea, decide to, is it like a writing process? Do you work it out on stage first? How do you uh, think about it in terms of constructing it and crafting the joke? Yeah, I think my I need to refine my process. It's ever changing, and right now, just because of like life and things are just like busy. Right. I weirdly do a lot of my writing in the car. Oh really? Uh, whether it's to a set or from a set, I like have my phone out and I'm like writing in my notes app. It's <laughs> horrible. Like, you are literally <laughs> writing. <laughs> you should record. Yes, it. I, I should just say it in your. Yeah, but whenever I do, sometimes I do. No, no, no. Oh, no, I don't record it like that. Sometimes I do the voice to text. Oh. And then I look at it and I'm like, oh, she got it all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Siri, thing, Siri, I, come on. You might just want to just like sit, like, like if I'm going to a set trying to figure out what the fuck I'm saying, I might just record it. Literally, like, just record it so I can hear the audio recording later and be like, oh, that's how I said it. You I've, might... I've also heard people say that um, to me also because, like, I do well kind of in the moment and on stage. Mm-hmm. That's what so I mean. it's like... Why, why am I, like, writing things out and then, like, I'm not gonna... That's not how I perform. Yeah. Um, but I so, talked about it with... Uh, Mbeda came on, uh-huh. uh, and he, he, we actually talked to him. He has, like, a cool project that he does, uh, like, for, you know, kids around the school, schools around here and everything. But he talked about how he writes in his car all the time, too. Like, because that's the only time, like, he is a very busy person with his life and everything and other projects. Uh, and so, like, on the car rides, he'll just, like, talk to himself and just, like work things out as, as he's driving because there's no other distractions there's I mean besides driving but uh, yeah. yeah right yeah there's no there's no distractions when you're driving you can get so much <laughs> yeah. writing done yeah, just, emails for just, work yeah exactly just turn to your side and yeah. just you know start typing away yeah that's why we all need Teslas if we yeah. just all had Teslas we'd get so much more work done that's how we get so much work done we'd be better um, comedians if we just yeah. had Teslas but like yeah I was just gonna say like when you drive into a if I'm driving to a show I feel like I can't listen to music like I have to think about my set right like it's something I try to force myself to do and sometimes like 
I'll be talking to myself like a maniac <laughs> as well. Yeah, I, I mean, that's why, like, right now my process, there's, like, eight different process, processes. So, like, sometimes I just free write, which is you just sit down, pen to paper, and just try okay. to fill. That's a Mitch Hedberg thing. He's like, fill, I think his, his thing was fill three pages nonstop. That takes a long time, especially because I use, like, the college-ruled, like, yeah. paper. So it, that, ta- that takes, like, 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. Um, so normally what I do is every night I'll do one page. Um, but most of the ideas come from, like, you know, something happens. And mm-hmm. you're like, like, you shit your pants or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, and it, some, honestly, I feel like a lot of my... Obviously, they were original at one point. But I feel like a lot of the writing is just continually going back to it. And being like, well, there's something there. There's something there. Mm-hmm. That can be better. Yeah. So, like, an example is, and I still don't think this joke is good, but I sometimes do it, and I'm like, there is something funny there. That's why it doesn't leave my brain, and I always keep coming back to it. But a couple of years ago, probably about two years ago, I was driving on the highway outside of Philly, actually in Philly, and there was a billboard that said, talk to your dad about his opioid addiction. Yeah, yeah. And that just stood out to me. I was just like, that is the stupidest billboard I've <laughs> ever seen in my life. So I immediately wrote that down. Um and then it's more like when like lines pop in your head, right. I'll go back to that joke in my notes app and like add the line and add the line. So I kind of have like the premise mm-hmm. and then bullet point lines that like right. come after that. Well, and and then that, as I do it, I'll like delete lines. And now I'm getting a little bit more anal about that kind of thing is like I want jokes to be really tight and like 45 seconds and like hit people like with three big lines. Because I think when I was probably like... I mean, I still do it to a certain extent, but I'm, tr- I'm more aware of it, is like, I would keep adding things, but nothing would get big laughs. Mm-hmm. So it would be like a mediocre two-minute bit, as opposed to just make it a really strong 30-second bit. Right. And it's annoying, because then you have to constantly change subjects and go joke yeah. to joke. And you feel like you're losing stuff that could work, or... Is but it's really like, fun. but I'd rather have people laughing their ass off than be like, oh, you know, that's that pretty clever, yeah. for two straight minutes. Yeah. Uh, so I, now what I do is, like, when I'm listening to stuff, and I'm like, oh, I keep doing that line, and then it'll be a week of it. And I'll just, I'll just go in my phone and just delete that line mm-hmm. and then kind of close it up. Uh, and then it's kind of working it out on stage and just constantly like doing it. Like if I'm doing the same joke and I'm doing three sets in a night, I'll try it slightly different. Even if it's just like one line and one tag, right. I'll try to try it different each time. Well, and I think that's one thing that like, it seems very, very obvious, but when I was starting out, it's like, oh, you have to think about your jokes a lot. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's like, um, I was only doing once a week to start out with, right? So, but the more you do it, so now I do it at least three times a week. And it's like, at that point, it's like, I'm already going to think about them at least the entire day before then, right? And it's just the more you think about it, the more like little tags will pop into your head or little yeah. things that, you know, ways to tweak it. I've literally, there's been times where an idea or a line will pop into my head during a work meeting. <laughs> And I will go in my email drafts and like be like pretend like I'm following along and like write it in there, yeah. uh, so that like I don't lose like so I don't forget it and oh, I don't yeah. like lose sight. You of have it. to do that. I've done that before. I've yeah. had times where like I think of something and like my phone isn't readily available or I'm just, it's just like on the other side of the room and I'm like okay yeah that's good that's good yeah. and then I forget about it and two hours later I'm literally kicking myself I'm like Pissed wait off. I had something yeah and <clears throat> lately those those ideas have been coming back to me because I think I'm like more just. Like 24-7. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, the least, my least favorite thing is when you're like falling asleep and something good pops into your head. All the time. How how badly do I need to remember? How bad? Have you heard Mitch Hedberg's joke about this? Uh, Maybe, but go ahead. He's like, whenever I'm in a hotel room and uh, I think of a joke late at night, oh God, 
he's a uh, well now I'm gonna butcher it just look it up online no <laughs> I, I think I, I know the gist of it is like I have to just you know it's like I even have it's a about like is the joke worth it essentially basically yeah, yeah. I have to write everything down I think of that I think oh the line is or is like oh it's like late at night or I have to convince myself that what I thought of ain't funny yeah, yeah. Like, I have yeah. to convince myself that joke wasn't good so I yeah, don't yeah. write it down. <laughs> yeah, otherwise yeah. it's and I, I've done this so many times like you flick the light on I used to, and actually, I, I still do, but I used to too. Probably still have the piece of paper somewhere, but keep like a tiny notepad so that it wouldn't be like long pages. But I just have it, and I bought a pen on on Amazon. That's you click it, and there's a light at the end of it. Ooh, that's so a you good don't have one. to turn. You don't have to actually turn Damn, the lamp on. That's a really good. And you just jot the idea down. And I actually, I I'm gonna start probably doing that again is just like keeping it on the bedside table and fancy yeah. Fancy. yeah it was it was like six we well, don't want to turn on my i'm addicted to my phone so I, I would just write it in my well that's phone. why i don't use my because i am addicted and I, yeah I'm, you're on it you know every other I know, hour I, know. So. I, need, I need to just get yeah, i need to man up and just get that light up that uh, at the end of that pen so i could just give you one oh man but I mean, also that'd be sick you could spend make a magic happen on this podcast right now my life is about to be changed well if you actually look under your chairs i got you oh my god Oh, and you get a pen. And you, yeah, that's. Uh, but yeah, I, I I agree with that too. I think like I have to write stuff down, or else I'll forget. I'll forget. Like I just I will. Even before I get on stage, I have to write down my set list. Even if I'm not gonna look at it for whatever reason, like I it may I have to mechanically like write down the topics I'm gonna talk about, or else I'm on stage like uh what else what else? Because I'm just an idiot when it comes to that. But once I get into the joke, I'm into it. But, like, even remembering, like, the six things I'm going to talk about, like, it can be difficult, for, especially if they're new. Yeah. So, like, for me, you know, I don't I don't usually freehand write, like, actual jokes out. I usually do that in my phone, even though I think it would be... It probably would be better if I wrote it, it stick. freehand and it would stick better. Right. But it's also just not efficient. And I also think of stuff wherever I am. I remember one time, like, I was, like, working out... Like on like an, an exercise bike, you jumped off. I didn't jump off. I like I think that I text. <laughs> I like use my Apple Watch or something and like texted like Geneva or something and like could you write down Miley Cyrus like just like, <laughs> yeah. like, like just, just I, I'll know what it means you know or whatever it was mm-hmm. and uh, or maybe did I text myself? I can't remember. I did something where I like like said like Miley Cyrus just so I could remember this thought I had. Do you remember what the joke was? No, <laughs> or, or, or uh, was it not Miley? Kelly Clarkson. I had a, a Kelly Clarkson idea. It was a story. Okay. Uh, it's not fully fleshed out yet. But I, I, hope to, I hope to be good enough to tell it one yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but I'm not. I'm not there yet. But mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, and I'll, I'll be running and I'll stop and just have to like pull out my phone or whatever and just text quickly. Mm-hmm. Or not text. I'll write it in my notes app. Yeah. Right. What I'm thinking. But um, have you uh, have you noticed like patterns within your uh, writing process, like throughout the two plus years, you know, however long you've been doing it? Have you noticed like patterns that you're like, oh yeah, like I this is how I write this month, and then you know it kind of teeters out, and then like another month you're doing it differently or things like that at all? Because I mean, for me, I, the reason I asked this is because there was like a month and a half where I was just doing new stuff, like the entire time yeah, just to like hard. it is hard but it keeps you writing you know and uh, that's what I'm, that's mainly mics i think are for new stuff or refining like something that's not quite there yet that's what i've been using it like for more is like okay there's an idea and there's something there mm-hmm. it's not working yet but there's something that is either speaking to me like lately i've been talking about like drinking habits um mm-hmm. or it's just like you you've seen something and it just sticks with you mm-hmm. um and so you just keep coming back to it so yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's always the, for me, 
there's always like, oh my God, I'm never going to write anything funny again. So that fear, like, I guess drives me to keep writing stuff. And like, I'll just try to be like, you know, what, what, what have I done new this, this, like, what bit have I been working on that's new, like this month? Like, mm-hmm. you know, like I, it, it keeps me going, like to keep doing new stuff. Cause, well, know. and that's why I like did it for like a month and a half. Cause I was getting just tired of the same jokes yeah. that I was doing. And I was like, all right, I need something that's going to like freshen me up on stage and then, well, and so now, like, after that month and a half, it's like, all right, now I need to go back and, like, start refining stuff, some of the stuff that I talked about. Yeah, that's what I think free writing can be helpful with, is it's basically that idea of, like, it forces you, if you have to fill three pages, or even one page, it forces oh, you to yeah. write something down. Mm-hmm. And something is always better than nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was one, I, ca- I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, I could find it in my notes app, but there was one time I was free writing, and I just, something popped in my head. It almost, sometimes it functions like you're saying... It can function like a journal where you're just saying, like, what did I do this week? And then you kind of elaborate on something. And then you're like, oh, well, that was weird. Uh, and I remember writing writing something down, and I was laughing out loud at it. And I was like, okay, well, something has to That's be. Work. And I tried it on stage that night, and it didn't work. But I'm like, okay, something about this is is worth it. And now when we go home, I'm going to go back to my – it's a massive, like – I mean, I have, like, probably four of them. Like, the 100-page notebooks that are, yeah, like, college ruled. I, I will say, though, too, I try not to force it either, though, because, like, <clears throat> like I was saying, I had an idea for a joke in September of 2018. I didn't think of how to actually construct it until July of 2019. Um, oh, wow. So, and, and, and when I, I knew something funny, there was something funny about the idea, but I was like, I don't know how to say that yet. I remember, like, vividly just getting dressed in the morning and just, like, it just came to me. And I was like, oh, that's something funny about that. And I put it in my phone and I didn't think about it mm-hmm. for like that m- sometimes helps. months. Not and you just like stay it. away from it and just it's in the back of your recesses of your mind somewhere swirling around. And then one day I was just like driving somewhere and I was like, fuck, that's it. Like this is goes to there and that goes to this. And I like wrote it down, tried it on stage, it worked. It's one of my like favorite jokes. And uh, but I but I do that with that's happened with other things too. Like there is some sort of a magic to it in the writing process too, where it's like, you know, write the ideas, make, make those plant the seeds, mm-hmm. uh, of stuff, but like, let them kind of play around in your head a little bit too. If they're not quite there yet. Like I try not to force things too. Sure. Cause like the best jokes I have are where it's like, ah, that's how you say that. It's just like, it's like insight. It just comes to me. Uh, And obviously like I try to write every day. So I always have stuff to, to work on if I'm not getting those, you know, aha moments, you Mm -hmm. know, I still have stuff to play with, but like, I think my best jokes are like the ones that it's like, ah, that's how you say exactly. that. And, and I yeah. don't necessarily do this, but the same process is happening when you're just like talking something out loud, whether it's mm-hmm. with someone or you're alone, you're just or like in therapy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, you're just talking it out and like, um, just like trying to find like needling until you find it. And then the other thing is I like the pretty much the only books that I read, probably 75% of the books that I read are like psychology books. And like, you know, I don't know how to describe it, but like optimization type books, mm-hmm. whether efficiency. it's like sleep or yeah, like efficiency. And that's like a problem solving method is if you're working on a problem and you're stuck and you're stuck, same with like writing, you know, writing a joke. If you leave it, there's mm-hmm. like, if you sleep on it, that was like a thing is yeah. actually your subconscious brain is working on it. You just don't realize it. Yeah. And then you'll kind of have that moment where it feels like a light bulb, but actually technically what's happening is your, yeah. your brain is thinking about it. You're just not aware of it. Um, so it, Sometimes that's like problem solving, but other times like 
I have that happen all the time where I'm just like, oh shit, that's the line that I'm missing. <laughs> right. And yeah, I yeah, just yeah. add that and that'll yeah. help things or yeah. tie it together or just get a bigger laugh for better wording. Yeah. Um, and it feels like out of nowhere, but it's like, obviously you've been thinking about you've it. You've been thinking, it's just constant. And that's the cool thing about comedy for me. I realize like, oh shit, like I can use some of this stuff that's been going on in my head. Like I'll, I used to like, I, well, I still do every now and then. I'll just zone out a lot. like, mm. And I was like, you know, it would annoy people, and I get it, because you know, I might need to get shit done, but I would zone out and think of random shit, and then when I started doing comedy, I realized, oh, I can use that random shit I'm thinking about <laughs> and, like, make people laugh, yeah. and, like, there's value to it. Right. And so that was, like, that was super exciting to see something to like that. To know that most of your thoughts aren't useless. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do something <laughs> with all this, like, crazy shit going on in my head. And so I try to, in my writing process, allow for those, for that organic process too. It's just like, yeah, I don't have a, I, and maybe I should, but I don't have like a set time I write. I just tell myself I have to write something funny every day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it could be just a word, but mm-hmm. it's usually longer than that. But like, that's that's been my process. And like, now I've found that it's like, kind of just, I, I've done that for, you know, a few years now. So I have a bunch of ideas and stuff that I need to go back to looking at because like um i have a bunch of those like oh that's i think that's funny but then not really like fleshing them out so like right. now i have to like kind of go back and like okay I, I bet there's stuff in here i really need to like well it's your, the this. new brain like, yeah that you're yeah. that you're yeah and, I, and i'm a hopefully i'm a better comic too so i'm like right. oh i can figure out how to say that now so i have like all right. these fucking right. ideas in my phone and uh and yeah so that's part of my process too now it's kind of like going back at like random times like uh, April 20th of 2020 or whatever yeah. like you know yeah. 420 I don't know why I picked 420 but like I don't know why that's like Ryan Foster and I shout out Ryan Foster um, so funny were, we were hanging like two days ago and we were saying how sometimes we just go back to like very early parts of the mm-hmm. notes yeah. which in the moment you just didn't know how to make it work but we were both like yeah there's like really good premises in here we yeah. were just bad comics yeah I go back to my stuff I wrote it's the reason people get into comedy you're like I think I'm funny and I observe I the I word, these ideas, world in a particular yeah. way but then you, when you start out you're not actually good at because it's hard to like yeah actually verbalizing perform it, it. But yeah, like I, yeah. I, like I look back at my stuff I wrote in 2013 and I'm like this is actually not bad I just need to figure out how to like I could twist this in a way these ideas in a way that you know, I think could make him work on stage. Mm-hmm. Like, but at the time, you know, I, I'm sure I would have been god awful had I gone up and tried to do it then. But yeah, you were still trying to think about how to get up on stage. Right, first. I was too yeah. scared to even get on stage. But... <laughs> you're still years away from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they're so, not horrible. So you said you were hanging with Ryan. Uh, were you podcasting, or like, was that? Are you guys like a thing? Or yeah, yeah. Like, we were starting a new you guys podcast. Are, you guys are dating. <laughs> so, yeah. Are you guys a thing? <laughs> I was gonna ask him to hang out, and then I got scared. So I was like, Do you want to start a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Called so, Ryan yeah. and Tyler. Uh, Talk comedy. <laughs> Ryan, I, I, Ryan and Tyler get beers together. <laughs> it's it's going to be podcast. at a bar. It's, yeah. it's, they have speakers in the chairs. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> he showed up. He was like, where's the recording equipment? I was like, uh, it's, don't worry. They're getting it. They're capturing oh, this. Yeah. It's all live. Yeah. Oh my it's God. live for the other people around us who are not sitting at the table or looking at us. Oh, my God. Yeah. So it sounds like... Um, because, I mean, so I, you guys know David Lynch. He has one of those, like, master the, class things. Yeah, the director? Yeah, the yeah. director. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. he talked, was, his was, like, all about just creativity alone. Mm. Um, so, like, his kind of concept, I like the way you put it, Manny, where it was, like, he was just, like, yeah, these ideas just come to you. You know what I mean? They just, like, you have to, like, be open to them coming to you. Yeah. But yours, the way you kind of look at it is, like, 
I mean, yeah, they just come to you, but it's not out of nowhere. You know, you have to like right. prompt the you know the subconscious to like be swirling around. With yeah, you think about it until you get stuck, and then you're like, well, I can't, I can't crack this, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna forget about it. But right. actually, but you you're never still forget. It's on. always in your head. Yeah. I, I heard a great quote one time from of all people, Jeff Foxworthy, um, hmm. and uh, he was when they were interviewing him. Uh, he was saying a comic's job is to grab ideas that come through your mind, that come through everyone's mind, mm-hmm. and you grab it, and you play with it, and you work on it, and you analyze it, and you figure out the perfect way to say it, and that's the magic of comedy. Of like When you hear a good joke, and you're like, shit, I've thought of that a million times, and <laughs> yeah. I never yep. could quite verbalize it like that, or maybe I even did, and I just never said it out loud, and like that's what I, that's what I fell in, that's why I fell in love with comedy. I'm like, holy shit, how do these people understand the human condition so well um, where they're verbalizing things and they're observing things and articulating, and articulating things hey, like that. that. Yeah, yeah. articulating, yeah. Um, but, but that always stuck with me. So that that's kind of been how I've been thinking about it is like I have these ideas swirling around my head all the time, like literally just all the time. All I feel like all comics do. Oh, yeah. And so you just, a matter of like grabbing them. And mm-hmm. for me, grabbing them is putting it in my phone, just the idea at least, and then I can work on it. And I think those are some of like the biggest compliments that you can get as a comedian is when someone either another comedian or an audience member is like oh my god i've always thought that i just never like it, you said it so perfect like i've always the, yeah. experienced yeah. that and like thought it whether that's, it was that's like, a comics you know, orgasm when they hear <laughs> answers, yeah, they or the it. other side of that which is semi-related even though it sounds opposite is when people are like oh i've never thought of it that way yeah um, but they still laughed or like or still, yeah. brent morin if you guys know yeah, who is, yeah he's a funny. really really funny comedian I've, I've actually seen him live before and like so much of his stuff, I'm just like, oh my god, I've always he's, he's fucking. He's a perfect example. He's like of very you know relatable. Is? Is. He's this guy. I think he's out in L. A. now. He had a special on Netflix. Okay. Yeah. But I don't see. And he's like, been on a couple TV shows. Is like he was on Undateable. If you knew that show, but I, I feel like he flies. Yeah, the it was radar. like a classic sick uh, uh, multicam sitcom that was just like yeah. blind, big laugh. Yeah. They're like in a bar or whatever. Yeah. But I think but uh, really his stand up's really good. And I remember, I think we've talked about this, but. When I was, like, in between the Comedy Central stuff and before Netflix was huge, it was just, like, videos on YouTube. And the Laugh Factory was, like, one of the places where you're just like, oh, my God, there's so much comedy. And you just recognize that background. And he has a lot of clips from the Laugh Factory where I'm just like, God damn, like, I've experienced that verbatim. I never knew that that could be its own joke. He has a joke about, like, saying bye to someone at a party, like a girl at a party. And fucking up bye. Fucking up saying bye. And it's just... (laughs) It's fucking brilliant, and it's you see stuff like that, and you're like, it's so inspiring. It's like, ah, I want to capture something so uh, common and just like relatable, but yeah. like make, turn it into this huge thing. And it's that joke is hilarious. a perfect example <laughs> it's of so it's good. that thought that crosses your mind where I'm like, how did I just fuck up saying goodbye? Yeah. <laughs> so he grabbed it, and then what he does, which is what a comedian should do, is just heightens the shit out of yeah. it. And everyone's like, oh my god, yes, that's what was happening in my brain, but I never knew how to say that. Such yeah. what was happening, I was just like, <laughs> oh my such god. such a good it's example. The, it's, yeah. um, it's the same way with uh, that Louis bit where he talks about getting high with a bunch of 20-year-olds and yeah. way too high. Yeah. 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 He's like, yeah. dude, the, the line where he's like driving, and he's like, I realize I've been driving for 20 years. <laughs> I love this line. I, I never, yeah, Without yeah. realizing there's a whole field of responsibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He never looked out he was the like, window. He, he, he was like, like I realized it's about, been about 20, 20 minutes, minutes and I looked the, since I had looked through the front. <laughs> in front of the window. Yeah. No, it, 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 it's so good. Mm-hmm. He even had a joke about um, 
like the awkwardness of adult friendship. Oh yeah. Which was like reminded me of like we were talking about like Ryan Foster and like trying to do podcasts with people instead of just saying hey you want to hang out. Like he was just talking about like how like it's so awkward to like ask someone oh, really? to be your uh, friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He's like I he's like I didn't know what to say. I was embarrassed. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like yeah, he ends it with saying he uh he what did he blew his asshole or something? I don't know. Yeah. That's what you do with your friends. I don't know. He made it absurd at the end, but the right. truth was that's there. what that's my favorite part about his stand up, and that's kind of like what I want to get into is like you know developing a concept really thoroughly and just ending it with like the stupidest like poop oh, joke. Like, he's a fucking he's a fucking master. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll say it on your podcast, Louis. I think he's the goat. Yeah, <laughs> I used to be afraid to say that, but I nah. I, I, I gotta I gotta be honest. Like he was a huge influence of me uh, on me, favorite. and like I think. His writing is just, it's insane. It's like, so I, good. I, 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 it, it, it's mind-blowing. He's literally so far ahead of of me and so many other people. It's mm-hmm. just like, he's something to aspire to, I think. You as far don't as, like, think you're on the same level? No, well, maybe a couple months. Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Give me a few more. And, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, give, maybe, give me a couple more times at Two Street, and I think I'll be there. But, yeah, uh, we should just start jerking off in front of people. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, personally, don't agree with any of that shit. Exactly. Like, don't as a guy, going. you don't have to see it as that, though. You see do, it as his yeah. craft, you know what I mean? And yeah, like, I'm just talking strictly as, like, his craft as a, a stand-up comedian. Personally, I do not condone anything <laughs> that he does. And you're a, you're a big Cosby guy, too, aren't you? Huge <laughs> Cosby guy. Huge Cosby guy. Not the comedy. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm canceled. Yeah, no, uh, no, it sucks because it's like, it, I, it's 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 a weird issue. But like, uh, not the Cosby thing. I mean, obviously, but Louis, it's it's hard. Um, yeah, but, well, his dick was hard. But we don't have to like get into it. And right? you're gonna cut all this and release it once Manny and I are big. But no, I'm just saying, like as a comic, like you know, you see that or him or or Chappelle. I mean, I think those two those guys are just on another. Level, yeah. Just like you know, but you know, you got some other people. Yeah, I love, I'm a huge Bill Burr fan. Um, fucking, of course, we don't have to go through all the greats. Like, yeah, I yeah, appreciate, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like again, it's just those guys are like the goats. Like they've been doing it for so long, and yeah. like their writing is just astounding. Before I started, I actually printed out like it was COVID, so I was like, I can't start now, but. Um, I printed out like a Louis C.K. transcript mm-hmm. to like, you know, highlight like the setups and the punchlines and things like that. And I was like, oh, literally every single line is a setup and a joke. And I will yeah, never, that's, ever That's like the difference between like an open mic, maybe someone who like is performing a decent amount. And then like a headliner headliner is when you go and see a headliner, your face hurts because you're like, I'm laughing so fucking much. Just, like yeah, every right. line is funny. Right. And that's why they're professionals is it's like, bam, bam, bam. But... Like you're saying, every line is a set of punchline, and it's still cohesive. Right. Like that's the that's the genius of it, and mm-hmm. what you know we're we're all aspiring to is like to get people that are literally just like laughing at every single thing yeah, that you say. Exactly. So yeah. speaking of geniuses, uh, next in line comedy, right? Right. <laughs> um, what a transition. Yeah. I know. They're just buttering us up. Basically, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's I. Did want to like you guys the next in line? Yeah, your just roommates looks... want to come upstairs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you guys are done up here. Angrily right? <laughs> holding like a plate of food, trying to get upstairs. Nah, no. um, but next in line though, like it. At least I've I've actually seen it promoted. Like like from do you guys pay for like a promotion on Instagram? Because it's like come up promoted on my my app We've, a couple of times. We so I think because we like label it as a business. Mm-hmm. Sometimes Instagram just gives us credit. Like oh, it's very. Nice. They'll be like. 
$10 in ad credit. And I'm like, we're not going to turn that down. Yeah. So we promote it. Also, we're just like trying to figure out what works to get people in the door. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and it's been very successful. From what there I've was seen. one time that it came up on my feed and I texted Manny. I was like, oh, did you like buy an ad? And Manny was like, no. <laughs> yeah. So it might have just, I don't know if it was lingering or maybe you bought something on Facebook that like because yeah, they're I did all buy meta. On Facebook. It, it like transferred over. But um, did, 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 did you buy a ticket? Uh, I have not. You guys, well, I, I was going to get to one, but it sold out. And uh, that was like... Oh, the Ashley Gavin one? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, we got some hot shows in, in December. Yeah, definitely. Or, um, that's what I'm saying. So, like, where did that idea come from? And, like, what shows you guys got coming up? Yeah. I mean, well, so Tyler came to me with the idea to get, like, headliners from New York... Uh, and other places too. Well, yeah, because you, know. you were telling me about how you wanted like good Philly comics that have like a place, you know, to bring people, you know, other than open mics and like small showcases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so, I mean, that's part of the, the thing too. But like Tyler's brother, Jamie, <clears throat> and a guy named Lucas run a pop up club in New York, or they ran a pop up club. Li- they're still like, I think, running it technically. But basically, they rented a retail space. Yeah. And. I mean, Jamie, even though we, like, technically started at the same time, and, and he's my brother, he's still, like, a huge inspiration and get a lot of ideas from him. Basically, we've realized nobody owes you fucking anything when you do comedy, mm-hmm. and kind of in, in life in general. And so if you really want to make something, or especially, like, make a career out of something, you have to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. No one just gets a Netflix special. They got a Netflix special because they had built up a bunch of other shit that then tipped Netflix off. Right. Um, and so you have to just do it yourself, essentially. So they rented out a retail space and basically just turned it into a comedy club um, that runs, I think, now four or five nights a week, wow. and multiple shows a night. So, um, and the weekends are the, the kind of their main thing. They do two shows Thursday, Friday, Saturday, um, sesh comedy and on the Lower East Side. And so I was like going up to New York more than I ever had um, after getting vaccinated, and was just like, like this is very possible other places you can replicate this and the other thing that would happen that happened that i was sort of realizing not only wanting to get more quality stage time i think that was at the forefront of the idea but also just realizing if you want to see comedy in philly right now especially like it kind of over the summer it was like you're either going to helium punchline or like the met Mm -hmm. like like places where you're going to spend (laughs) an absurd amount of money um or, like, you're going to a local showcase show where it's, like, 10 to 12 comics. Everyone's doing, like, 8 to 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, and so there, I felt like there was a concept that hadn't been kind like of that niche of, like, headliner independent shows in Philadelphia. Right. Um, where our whole point was, like, bring in, like, larger yeah. crowds than Philly, like, comics get to perform for unless you're performing at a club. Mm-hmm. Um so part of it was selfish. Like I want to make, I want stage time. I want yeah. really high quality stage time in front of like a hundred people. Like that is so hard to come by yeah, in comedy, sure. especially when you're still newer. Mm-hmm. Um, so wanted to to do that, and so it was kind of uh, it was kind of like trifold of like feeling like that was missing mm-hmm. for audiences in Philly. Feeling like I want to get better stage time and people like bitch and moan and complain about not getting booked all the time. It's like, okay, well you can do something about it. Yeah. Um, and so wanted to create that, that space that is, um, uh, like really good comedians mm-hmm. and audiences. So it's like that, that marriage of what makes a good show. Yeah. And also thirdly for me was, I want to make a career out of this. Mm-hmm. And I think booking is, it's a thing. It's a necessary evil. Like, for me, as a comedian, like, that's my goal. I want to be a comedian. But I also, you have to produce the shows, and that is a part of it. And so, like, 
we're actually making money on the shows yeah. and it's like to the point that yes it's really fun and um that's an added bonus and really why i'm doing it is for the stage time but uh you're still making incredible connections and like we've met some like ridiculously talented people who the whole point of the show is next in line of they're not yet performing at a helium but they're still capable of absolutely crushing an hour-long set. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, our headliners have done between, like, 40 and 50 minutes, and it's... The people leave the show, and they're like, holy shit, how did I not know who that person is? Yeah. And that is the whole point of the show. Yeah. Nice. And I, I feel like people... I, I knew, and Tyler knew, just from being in stand-up and, like, seeing comedians in Philly, seeing the comedians in New York, like, we knew we had the product. It's just people in Philly don't understand. You can see... Really? someone really really good mm-hmm. like you don't you haven't seen them necessarily on like you know a netflix special yet um but like these comedians will keep you laughing very very hard the entire time and um you know like 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 tyler said they might not be able to sell out punchline or helium right now but they're really fucking talented and, and you know and it like helps them get fans and then exactly. the, these are the kinds of people that in a couple of years will be right. right they will be at helium and doing a full weekend yeah. Um, and it's like kind of like for the audience, it's like a cool little, almost feels like a pop up. Like, yeah, wow, like, this is kind of this know, rinky dink, like know. locally produced it's, thing. But the, like the thing that we get a lot, there's people leaving and they're like, that was really, really good. Yeah. And they didn't even expect it to be. Yeah. You know? And I think in Philly too, like sometimes people may know stand up comedy as more of like, maybe they've seen an open mic or more of like a local showcase and maybe people are working on stuff. Like I think there needs to be a culture in Philly where people go out and can expect like a produced show where, you know, everyone on there is like going to be a killer. Um, and they're going to be laughing. They might, they'll, they'll pay, you know, 10 bucks or whatever, but like they're there to watch comedy and we will provide them like really good comedy. Like this is not for, you know, we know the headliners are going to bring it. We know the the Philly comics that we bring are going to bring it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, so this, you know, like we just we know what we like, and we know like if we were in that situation, we would fucking love this show. Yes, and we know yes. other people would love it. Like, and that's mm-hmm. that's kind of the cool thing about it too is like getting a chance to like you know create the lineups and all that stuff and create the comics. Like, I'm not giving you a bullshit show. <laughs> like, I like the people we put on this show. Like, I've been fucking like vetted. We know this is going to be a dope show. I have no problem telling anyone like this is going to be a sick show. And I know sometimes on Instagram like people can like I say that all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, "Oh man, I crushed." Like, "No, I didn't. I bombed." But like when I tell people about Next in Line, I'm like, "No, go to any fucking show that's coming up. Like it's going to be a it's sick gonna show." Be good. Like yeah. the headliners are going to be cuz we've had that. People are like, "Well, which one should I go to?" It's like literally any, literally this any, person's been on Wild and Out. This person just recorded uh, their first hour special. This person writes for a Netflix show. Like wow. these are people that you might not know who they are, but we do, and we yeah, can guarantee. We, we actually had that happen for our first show. Uh, we actually, we flyered, mm. and we've got like six yeah, people to, a, yeah, who we, ended up coming to the show later yeah, that we night. Yeah, just like barking outside of uh, Frankie Bradley. <laughs> and I remember two of them coming up to us, and they were like, holy shit. I yeah. was, they were like, not only were they blown away, but they were also like, we didn't realize that we could even see this for $10 yeah. in Philadelphia. Wow. And, it, and it made me feel good to know that like we didn't sell them bullshit. Like We were like, this is what you can expect. And they got better than what they were even expecting. You <laughs> right. know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be like, yeah, I know this show is going to be great. You know, and it's fucking terrible. Like, I, I, you know, and I think, you know, because we've been doing comedy and we've been obsessed with comedy for so long, like, I trust, I trust Tyler's taste in comedy. Like, he trusts mine. Like, we, I think our minds meet so we can kind of curate a show mm-hmm. that we know is going to be like a really good show. Like, we were saying there, there is that gap and we're just trying to like fill it. I mean, I got this, uh, 
this giant gaping hole inside me. And I'm, I'm always trying to fill it. And like we want, and Tyler was, um, he was performing all over the country, really, like over the fall, and so, and I was going to different cities too, and like performing comedy for various and things. We like, saw it. Yeah, we saw like other cities. Like San Francisco is a great example where it's like I would do shows and like you would have people who paid to be there who are sitting down and who want to hear comedy. Yeah. And we feel like that. And it wasn't at a big club. It might have been at a bar somewhere, but it's like. But it, it was, was a designated space it was a, for yeah, comedy. Yeah. It was like a real comedy show. Mm. And so I'm like, that's what's missing in Philly. Like, there's no reason why Philly can't be like San Francisco. Right. And so we want to try to create those spaces for audience members and for comics. Like, part of the thing, too, is like we want to showcase that there are some really really good comics in philly and uh i want people in philly to understand hey like they're like sure these people from new york and la they're great and they've been on comedy central and all that stuff but like you've got some fucking great comics in philly and i want to i want to showcase them too it's kind of a way to kind of like put on philly comics too that we think yeah and you can see like based on how like you go to a weekend at helium there are so many comedy fans in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I mean, the population is over one and a half million. There's yeah. people here that have that appetite and um, are are willing to like you know pay less to see still real really high quality comedy. And like when I was in Chicago, there were multiple nights where I did three shows, three paid shows wow. as uh, just someone like who was getting booked on stuff and. Um, I think that they had, and all of them were well attended. Same with Austin, Texas. Mm -hmm. All of them were well attended. There are people that want to see comedy. Some of them were free shows. Some of them were like $10, which is what most next in line shows are. Mm -hmm. And the audience was there and they were having a really good time. And and we were just like, that's not happening in Mm -hmm. Philadelphia right now. Yeah. Um, And wanted to, to kind of fill that gap. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I mean, I've kind of noticed that too, is like, I'll see like, you know, I go to open mics, right? And then, then there's like people, so and then there's, there's like a gap and it's like yeah. these people that are like, oh, I will never ever talk to them ever. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and they're still just like the best in Philly. You know, that's not even like best in New York or anything. It's like, it feels yeah. like there is that huge gap. So I do like appreciate you guys, you know, filling that need. I like to call it my, uh, my God hole. And like, yeah, it's a little selfish because of the stage time, but also you, you don't know how many other comics, I, I mean, you do obviously. Um, right. It, it was a selfish in, in that sense of like, we just wanted to give ourselves, like we get to perform on every show right. and like our biggest show thus far has had 120 people, mm-hmm. 25, 125 people in the audience. And we get to perform on that show. Like that's, that's, that's awesome. how, that is how you get better as a comic Yeah, is performing in front of real people who are there to watch comedy. That's awesome. Um, and so, Ideally, we—I mean—I don't want to like sound like I don't know toot our own horn, but ideally, everyone can start doing this in in multiple places in Philadelphia, so that it's like you could go see that on a Tuesday and a Wednesday and a Thursday. I think that's better for the audiences and it's better for the comedians because that's yeah. how you're going to get better. Yeah. Open mics are a great way to, to kind of tweak things and kind of feel ideas out, but you never really know if it's like going to work work until there's a hundred people in the audience who are like. We paid ten dollars to be here, so yeah. let's have let's see a good show. Yeah, absolutely, no, absolutely for sure. It's cool. Yeah. So, um, where are the shows? Where can buy tickets? When are they? Uh, new ones coming up. This will probably come out in like a week or two, so you know, keep that in mind. But um, I mean, is there, I guess the, next the in line comedy would Instagram. Be Instagram next in line comedy, and then there's also a link to our Eventbrite um, next in line comedy.eventbrite.com or it's nextinline.eventbrite.com yeah. either way it's you can follow Eventbrite too and that's like where the shows actually get, yeah. get posted oh, um, and that's where you can buy tickets so 
the shows that we have coming up, you can obviously cut this out if it if it's not like the timing <laughs> doesn't work out. But um, December eleventh, Saturday, Gavin Matz, who's been on Comedy Central, he's been on Bill Burr's The Ringers, he was on The Detroiters, um, is headlining at Victoria Freehouse, and we got Cassandra D and Lamare Lee nice. as like the Philly comics, and it's yeah. like. It's going to be a fucking amazing show. Yeah. Then the following weekend, December 18th, Saturday, this is kind of the biggest and most consistent show we have is every third Saturday at Frankie Bradley's, mm-hmm. kind of like historic venue in Philly. And they, we had, that was the room we had 120 people in. It's just an amazing place. It's like a perfect setup for comedy. Um, we have Philly's own Chanel Ali, who has since left Philadelphia, but still comes back frequently. She just uh, actually filmed her first hour-long special. Um, And so she's going to come headline. And the local comics on that are Jay Simpson and uh, Betty Smithsonian. Um, Really hilarious. And then we just were in contact and, um, I mean, we don't sign anything real, but uh, (laughs) confirmed that Jacob Williams, who's been on Colbert, America's Got Talent, Wild and Out, he's one of the featured cast members, is going to headline January 22nd at Frankie Bradley's. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Congrats, guys. Like, that's, yeah, you know, those are good. That's a, it's a good show. Like, it's awesome. And I'm glad to see that it's yeah. working out. And we're trying to keep all. building it up and add more shows and, and hope we can have, like, uh, a nice little following of, like, not only are the comics going to bring it, but the audiences are going to be killer also. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We're just trying to really build our brand right now. And, like, we want, because, <clears throat> like, I mean, even with the, with the Ashley Gavin show, like she has an amazing podcast following yes. and so she was such a blessing to ha- to get early on right. because we could sell out the two shows largely in part. Two shows, yeah. Yeah, largely in part because she just has like a, a crazy following. She is literally next in line. Like she is like the, <laughs> ne- like the next person in line to kind of be selling out at like Helium. So we got her at a perfect time. Yeah. Um, so it was. In fact, yesterday her podcast just got, I believe, uh, I don't know how the Apple podcast works, but she's in, I, I want to say the top 50 yeah, now nice. of all podcasts on, on yeah, Apple. It's just, it's just insane, but you've never heard of her, but she, she's living the dream. She can, she got a way to get an audience that will follow her. They'll come to her shows and she can headline crush for an and hour. She's fucking hilarious. She's re- and she's a great standup. She's been <laughs> for probably like a decade or so. She's wow. really, really funny. Nice. Um, but, but anyway, so she was like a big, big blessing, but like, we also want to like, you know, build Next in Line's brand. Like, we want it to be like, <clears throat> it doesn't matter who the headliner is. Yeah. We know Next in Line is going to have funny comics. Right. Like, I'll just go to a Next in Line show. So that's kind of like the phase we're in right now. So, yeah. Uh, we want cool. people in Philadelphia to, to if Recognize. they're thinking to go, they want to go to a comedy show, it's like, all right, we could go see Mulaney for 80 bucks at the Kimmel Center. Or we went and we saw people that were fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, a dude who writes on his, uh, I mean, he's a, also a, a a character in it but uh writes on big mouth and we could go see him for ten dollars right uh mm-hmm. and then there's like no drink minimums or anything like that <laughs> but then you it's also like a little more casual and like you can just go hang out kind of like talk yeah. to the comedians afterwards yeah. and yeah. uh so it's yeah That's it's awesome. uh it's really really fun and we're glad that we're just starting out but we have some pretty big plans and yeah. I'm hoping to continue picking up continue growing. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, thanks for coming out and recording with me. I appreciate it. Um, you recorded that? <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> right. Take out the Louis stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I All thought right. we were just hanging. <laughs> Good shit. Manny Brown one on Instagram. Tyler Wolf comedy. Articulate with Steve McJones. Thank you so much for listening. I love you. Amen. Okay. Bye.
And I said, I'm late! 